Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Good morning. Well, it's morning for me. (laughs) Thank you for joining me in this wonderful, magical, ethereal space where I can reach people as far as Saba and crazy things. So exciting. Um, I'm going to finish up my senior year today, hopefully. And uh, it was, of course, as all big transitions are, marked by a lot of really large and complicated and prickly feelings. You know, my group of um, junior boys who I had been hanging out with quite a lot, there was a lot of mixed up stuff in terms of who likes who and, and you know, romantic involvements, entanglements. And uh, my cousin Laura started dating my friend Jeff and that was complicated because She wasn't sure what she wanted about that, but I was living through her vicariously because my friend Jeff was so handsome and I wanted to date him. So I was very heavy handed in persuading her her to go out with him because, you know, uh, that those emotions were getting twisted around. So I was like, yes, yes, he's the guy for you. And I don't think that was ever true. Um, in that spring, after we got back from Greece, we got a visit from my grandfather, Nonino, from Italy. And, um, I didn't know it at the time, but that would be the last time I'd see him alive. We hadn't gone to Italy in a few years and, um, he, he must've been in poor health already because in my diary, I say, oh, he's looking much better you know, a little thinner maybe and whatever. So it didn't, I guess I didn't realize, I wasn't aware of him being sick, but he probably was already. He, you know, I say that he wanted lots and lots of kisses all the time. Kisses, hello, kisses, goodbye. (laughs) And I think he was feeling very nostalgic about us not being kids anymore. But my cousin Laura was getting very irked with all of that and just really annoyed. Um, but it was lovely to see him. And uh, then, of course, there were big things, big feelings involved with the prom, right? It was time for prom. And Paul and I had said we were going to be going to prom together. But then that, you know, he thought that was too complicated and it was too hard because he wanted us to be in a relationship still. And so he ended up um, going with this other girl, Jeanette, who he started dating at the end of senior year and that was sad to not be going with him because he was the best relationship that I had in high school really the best you know romantic relationship so I decided that I would just invite one of my friends and that it would be a friend thing 
and that I didn't want any guy saying, quote, I won't be getting my money's worth, unquote, if they paid for my ticket. So I bought two tickets and I decided to go with my friend John. And I got to prom. Well, first of all, I made my prom dress from a gunny sacks pattern. Anybody who was there in the late 70s remembers gunny sacks was like the thing, the beautiful dresses, but I couldn't afford one. So I made myself one of their dresses out of a pattern and it was very country with flounces and stuff and eyelet lace around the edges. And unfortunately, during the course of the evening, one of the seams in the back ripped when I sat down. So I had a gap where my lower thigh, where my upper thigh was showing through, and that was horrible. Um, we drove to prom in my little convertible Beetle, you know, so there was no limousine, there was no party bus and that kind of stuff. Um, and then when I get there and we're walking around, socializing, whatever, and my friend Andy came up and said to me, oh, JT is really excited because he's so stoked that he's getting laid tonight. And I was like, oh, man, that is exactly what I didn't want to be hearing and didn't want to have to think about. So I ended up just being, you know, angry underneath it all for the rest of the evening and I ignored him and I was mean to him and you know oh, those shitty communication skills of teenagers just it's a shame that we weren't able to talk about it because we were good friends and it shouldn't have been that way um anyway and then we you know we had our our senior prom song was we May Never Pass This Way Again by Seals and Crofts. And uh, so it was very syrupy and sad and sappy. And uh, I guess I remember it that way. Had a great table full of my good friends, but Paul was sitting there at the table with his girlfriend. And that was hard. That was hard. I ended up later, after college, going to his wedding. So we were still friends, and I was invited to his wedding. And I was really happy for him at the time, you know, there was no, no more of that regret and sadness about our relationship. But I remember his mom took me aside and she was like, pointed at the bride and she goes, that could have been you. <laughs> and I was like, what? Oh, that's a terrible thing to say at your son's wedding. But anyway, <laughs> that's funny. So after prom, we drove down to the Jersey Shore um, again, there's no party bus and no staying over. We just drove down early in the morning, spent the day on the beach, and hung out as a friend group, and that was really nice and fun. Um, it wasn't, like, debauched and crazy and full of drinking, since we drank all the time anyway. You know, it wasn't a thing that we were, you know, sneaking around. And I mean, we were to bars and such, sneaking around, but, you know in the broad daylight or nightlight, whatever. Um, there was another weird thing that happened around prom though. Um, one of my friends from middle school had moved away uh, down south somewhere. I forgot where exactly, I think Texas maybe even. Um, her name was Patty and uh, we had been such good friends in middle school and and in the first couple years of high school. And then I think she moved away in 10th grade. And so she decided that she wanted to come back. We had been in correspondence the whole time. 
she decided she was coming back to go to our prom so she could see all of her friends and to go um, with this boy that she had always had a relationship with and, and that she was really, you know, still liked a lot. Um, so I went and picked her up at the airport and, you know, really excited to have her there and all that stuff. But then a couple of days into the visit, I found out that she was also having sex with my brother in our house and he was two years younger than her. And I was like, wait, what's happening now? <laughs> that was crazy. And even though, yeah, he was 16, he was old enough to do that, you know, whatever. But it just felt like this weird betrayal uh, right in our own house. And I thought she was going out with this other guy that she went to prom with. And my mother pulled her aside and had a serious talk with her about this and how it was inappropriate and she couldn't have her in her house and all this stuff. And I was like, it's a little hypocritical because my brother was definitely having lots of relationships by that point. Um, so that was wild and weird. <laughs> uh, and then I had another massive birthday party for my 18th birthday. And my friend Adam had a band at that time and he played. He was also going to be going to BU, so that was cool. Um, he, his band played and they played a lot of Queen. I remember all of us really loving Queen at that time. And sort of my theme song was Fat Bottom Girls. <laughs> and he played that for me and that was really fun. Um, but I remember being completely like flustered and upset because again, there was a whole bunch of greasers who crashed the party, some of whom were my friends and invited, but I guess a lot of them, you know, just came along and it got to be again, very messy. There were things stolen and all kinds of things. And my friend John just said, Hey, just pretend it's not your house. Pretend you're at Jeff's. <laughs> And this was a different Jeff. Um, it was the Jeff that I had had a crush on for my entire high school career, who ended up at my 18th birthday party apologizing for being a creep all the years of high school and said that he always was really actually attracted to me, but that he felt embarrassed. And I was like, thank you? I, hmm, it was, and then we kissed and stuff, but it was like, wait, this, I, this is wrong. And I'm, that's not really exactly an apology. That's kind of really bad. <laughs> um, so I ended up making out with like various strange people at my birthday. Like I was just like, people would pull me aside to hug me. And then it turned into this, you know, make out session. He was one. And then I made out with my math teacher, which was a little weird. But I guess he thought, oh, 18, now you're legal. Um, but it was strange to think that he had been attracted to me all that time. And anyway, that was very confusing. And I made out with another friend of mine uh, who I had never dated. So it was a weird and crazy night and uh, put a strange cap onto our year. And two of my friends, Stephen and Mario, had always the last few months been accusing me of being a slut so it felt kind of slutty and felt like yeah fine they're right i guess i don't know <laughs> ah, but i've always come up so many times in the decades to follow against that feeling of men judging women for being a little more free you know 
there's all these words, promiscuous, right? Ugh. I, and I took those things to heart and I thought, they're right. Maybe I am. It's awful. I should behave better. But these were my instincts and what I wanted. And I wanted to experiment and try things. And I don't think that's bad as long as you're being safe. But I was so judged for it. So it was very confusing. I keep using that word, but that's what it was. Um, yeah, it would be a theme for me in the next decade or so. And uh, always with a lot of guilt attached. And I'm sad about that. I wish that I had been more confident and sure of myself in that way. In any case, we also had, you know, it was a, it was a time of chapters closing, right? So we also had a final Madrigal concert and it was just for a, the Rotary Club. <laughs> yeah, but I remember it being very emotional and uh, I had a different partner. I didn't have Paul because there was a shortage of girls because not everybody could come. And so my friend Luba got to walk in with Paul and her usual um, partner, Adam. So I was partnered with my friend Stephen and he was one of the guys who was angry at me at the end of the year. But, you know, we loved each other also intensely. Um, and a little side note, because I don't know that I'll talk about him again, but he, he became one of those early victims of AIDS, unfortunately. Um, he was, he had never come out in high school, but he was gay and then had, you know, those kind of secret relationships in movie theaters and stuff that you think about and read about um, in terms of the 70s and they ended up getting AIDS and dying much too young, much too young. Such a beautiful, vibrant spirit he was. And I'm sorry that he felt like he had to hide. That's very sad. Um, but we were all very sad in this last Madrigal concert and getting teary during this beautiful song called The Silver Swan. Uh, oh, I forgot the name of the composer, but so, so, so beautiful. I know, Jeff's out there yelling the name. I know. In any case, and then I had an evening where I slept over at my cousin Laura's after high school graduation. And I remember feeling very nostalgic and feeling like we were girls again um, and how I hadn't done this in a very long time. And and uh, it brought back a lot of memories from childhood. But then she and I had this really intense conversation where she started telling me about her feelings about eating and dysmorphia and stuff. And I didn't have a word for it then. I didn't know what anorexia was. But this was the beginning of that for her. And she struggled with it for a number of years after that. She went away to boarding school and it only got worse. And uh, yeah, that was a very hard time for her. Uh, I had another crazy job. I had in the last few months of senior year, I had a job at the Holiday Inn as a maid um, for a whopping $2.90 per hour. So I guess I got a raise from the McDonald's episode. Um, I was trying to make money for college and uh, I think to this day that it's very important 
for kids to work in the service industry somehow, you know, to be waiters and to be um, service people in hotels because it gives them an understanding of what those people behind the scenes are going through and what their lives feel like and how hard their work is because then it gives you a little more respect. And then when you're in a, in a restaurant, you look, I was always like this to my kids, uh, very adamant that they look service people in the eye when they ask them for things and don't take them for granted. I always leave tips for the, um, you know, the maid service in hotels because I know what it felt like. And uh, let's see, I wrote my first play in high school. Well, I had written them when I was a kid, you know, but they were funny. But I wrote my first play that actually got performed, and it was a really weird one. I don't know if I got this idea in a dream or, or what it was, but it was about two rats and a baby in a nursery. And it was very upsetting and violent. And so I was like, where did this idea come from? Very strange. Um, and then the last thing that was really sad at the end of senior year was that my car died. My sweet little Elsie car was trying to chug up a hill at one point and just didn't make it. Just came to a cracking, screeching halt and never started again. And what happened was that nobody had ever really told me how to take care of a car. So I had never put oil in it, ever, ever. And the engine block cracked. And it was so sad and devastating because there was no way to fix it. So that was a very hard lesson. And I never made that mistake again in my life, obviously. Um, but I was without a car right there at the end of senior year. So that was hard. I had to go back to being dependent on friends. But it was a big, big time. And I was going off to Boston University and I was very aware, keenly aware of what I was leaving behind. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that tomorrow. Thank you for being here. See you next time. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.